0: Welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. Welcome to your back to school episode. You know that some of the episodes I do are reviews and some of them are Q&As and some of them have guests, but this is a concept episode because I feel like the back to school season just deserves all of the attention that we can give it. Now, for me, my kids are going back to school about a week or two from when this is going to air. I recognize that that is early. There are different calendars for school in the United States, and I'm sure around the world. Kids in the Northeast don't usually go back until after Labor Day, but the farther south you go, the earlier school seems to start, and mine are usually back in the middle of August, as they will be this year. Now, we are not going to talk about (laughs) COVID and masks and all that, because there are plenty of podcasts where you can learn about that but instead focus on the fun surrounding back to school. Because even with a lot of uncertainty, there are still some wonderful things that we get to embrace and enjoy about this new season. No one can take away the joy of school supplies. So my kids are entering preschool, second grade, and fourth grade. And so there is a lot to think about this year. In fact, this is actually the start of a whole new quintile to me. That is how much of a new beginning it feels like. You guys remember, Quintile 1 is the beginning of the year. Quintile 2 is spring break. Q3 is summer, which is winding to a close. And Q4 is the start of back to school. To me, this one feels the most like similar to New Year's, like it's a fresh start and new beginning. And I'm very grateful that we have that available to us in the middle, really the 2 thirds into the year, because I really need one by now. So we're going to be thinking about refreshing various things. The first is kind of the routines we use, both at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. For the start of the day, I need to think about time. Like, do my kids need to go to bed earlier? Well, I guess that's more of the bedtime routine, but seriously, it does start the night before. And exactly when do we need to be getting the kids up, getting them out the door, actually leaving to get to school. This does seem to change from year to year depending on what schools my kids are in. So I really have to sit down and think about it and often write out like an idealized morning schedule. And I do that every year and it's about time to start doing that. It helps my kids actually. I've figured out by trial and error that one thing that does help them is to give them their own little checklists with time goals and to set up music timers around our house to keep them on track. So I've handed particularly my seven-year-old a little checklist where it will say, like, eat breakfast, get dressed, brush your teeth. And I'll tell him that I want him to have checked all those boxes off by the time the put on your shoes song starts playing on our music system, which has like an app where you can set timers to put songs. Doing things like that and making sure that I'm intentional about setting up new routines for this year is going to be really, really helpful. I will give a shout out right now that uh, you guys remember Ashley Brown from the Routine and Things podcast. She actually had a recent episode that was really good about setting up back to school routines. So I think this is what got me in the mood to start thinking about that. So definitely check that out. Then kind of the corollary to that start of the day routine, and that's both your own routine as well as your kids' routines if you have them, but is the bedtime routine because the only way to make a morning routine run smoothly is to actually get the kids in bed at a reasonable hour. I do find that the older kids get, the more inertia sort of hits and they wanna go to bed later than me. (laughs) And so, and I don't even have teenagers yet. So I'm talking more about like the nine-year-olds who will stay up in bed reading or doing Rainbow Loom or perhaps playing with planners until an hour that makes it difficult to get up. But this is something we need to be really intentional about as the school year is beginning to make sure that everybody gets enough sleep. The next routine I want to focus on in terms of getting ready for school is the family calendar routine. We, during the school year, have a habit of using a physical calendar that has our entire week where everybody can kind of see what activities we have, but I know a lot of people swear by either a shared Google calendar or there's some new products out there like the Skylight system. Whatever you do, just make sure you've really thought about it and put it into action, and maybe you could do like a trial run the week before school starts if you had gotten out of the habit of using that. I actually recently added a monthly view to our physical calendar collection, Previously, what we were doing is we had a Google Calendar that shared for a few key things. So I don't use that for many things, but if there's something my husband needs to know about outside of work hours, I'll put that on the Google Calendar. And then we also had a weekly whiteboard that we would use, which would show what was for dinner each night, as well as any activities that the kids had, or if there's a school day off. And we do have a nanny, so that was a really great way of keeping her in the loop. And in fact, my practice is to send her a photo of our weekly whiteboard every Sunday. But of course the summer got a little lax. We weren't always doing it as much. So it's time to kind of bring that back. And in addition, I have added a paper monthly calendar. I just grabbed one as an experiment from Target. I got the day designer line from Target. It was inexpensive. And I just did that so that she could see a little bit more ahead of time, like when the kids don't have school, when there are holidays things like that. So that's something new I'm trying for this year, but I think it's gonna make sense as my kids get older and their schedules get a little bit more complex. The next thing I wanna think about refreshing is habits. I mean, this to me feels like a new season, more than the start of summer, more than coming back to school after spring break. You know, it's, it's your second fresh start of the year. That's why many planners start in January and the rest of them start in the academic season, So now is a wonderful time to think about, you know, what you want to cultivate, what wasn't working before. For me, I had been doing some running and I just felt like my workouts, they were okay, but I wasn't progressing as much as I wanted to. And it didn't feel like it was serving me quite as much as how I wanted it to. So I'm going to try a whole new season in my workout training. And I'm also going to plan some reading that's a little bit, I don't know, I don't, I didn't love the summer picks that I had, so I may just scrap some of them and it's a great time to start over and try some different kinds of books. In fact, I may get into a little bit of sci-fi, which is something I haven't done really ever. Don't like hold me to that because who knows how much I'm actually gonna enjoy it. But I did buy a book that was outside of my usual comfort zone. So finally, the last routine you really wanna make sure you look at is your planning routines. I mentioned having some sort of whiteboard or way to make sure that everybody in your family is on the same page. But this is a natural time to try a new planning system. I talked about in the last episode, kind of what I'm using right now. I certainly don't plan on changing things again before the start of school because it's so soon. But maybe you need to, maybe you started something in January that is not serving you and the academic lines are really calling to you. I think now is as good as any to make sure you have a system that it works for you, as well as make sure you have in your calendar time to do your planning, time to do your weekly review, when are you going to do your monthly review, all that kind of stuff, just making sure that it's built in there so it's not really being done ad hoc, but instead intentionally. All right, we're going to take a quick break from our sponsor, which for this episode is Dish. Getting a healthy dinner on the table is certainly a back-to-school routine we will be focusing on in this house. And PrepDish is a tool I have been loving lately to help me do just that. PrepDish is a meal planning service where you get weekly menus that are great at striking the right balance between healthy, kid-friendly, and convenient. As I'm planning meals on Sunday, I put my PrepDish meal straight into my planner, and that's when I do my grocery shopping as well. They offer keto, paleo, gluten-free, and super fast plans. We usually use one of the last two. And then my meal planning is done for me in an instant. PrepDish has two major benefits the way I see it. First, they do the work for you when it comes to choosing varied, healthy, and delicious meals for the week. I find myself getting sick of the same repetitive meals when I choose for myself, but having Allison and her team choose for me brings in so much more variety and fun. And the recipes are really well thought out. I recently loved the recent polenta bowl with shrimp and sauteed vegetables. Second, they put together an amazing game plan for prep day to make the rest of your week go smoothly. This can be done on a relaxing weekend afternoon with your favorite playlist or podcast in the background, maybe this one, or perhaps you can have a bigger kid help you with it if that applies. No matter who is prepping it, having things pre-prepped in advance makes things run so much more smoothly on busy weeknights. And I love that about PrepDish. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. So this is a great way to see if the plans will work for you. Check out prepdish.com slash plans for this amazing deal. In addition to the super fast menus and the gluten-free menus that I love, again, they have paleo and keto options, so there's truly something for everyone. Again, that's prepdish.com slash plans for your first two weeks free. If you try it, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. All right, back to our episode. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Preptish. If you're headed into a busy spring, and aren't we all, I definitely think it's worth taking a look at what Preptish has to offer. I personally have been using Dish for years now to plan our family's meals. It is truly so much easier and better than what I could come up with on my own. Every Friday, I receive a new weekly meal plan straight to my inbox. This includes an ingredient list, a prep plan, and all the recipes you need for the week. There are separate plans for gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. And now they've even added a protein boost option. For years, we've been using the super fast menu as a scaffold for our weekly dinner plans. I love that I can easily make adaptations or substitutions if I need to, but also the recipes are genuinely really well thought out and truly taste great. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to check it out. So this is a great way to see if the plans will work for you. Check out prepdish.com plans for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com plans for your first two weeks free. If you try it, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick, and what I'm hoping to wear all season, is the Calen dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly, air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at jennykane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P L A N S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J E N N I K A Y N E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. The second thing that always comes to mind when I'm thinking about back to school is school supplies. And yes, this does apply to you even if you're not necessarily going back to school. This is such a natural and wonderful time to refresh your own supplies in part because everything is on sale everywhere. So, um, and a lot of places even have tax-free shopping for school supplies. So remember that this doesn't have to be just for students. It can be for anyone. They're not checking to see if you have a kid in school at the register, or at least they're not in my state. This is like also a great time to do a clean out or donate of supplies you're not using. Maybe it's a fine time to see if you have a million notebooks that are blank. You could pass those on to younger friends and family members that could use that to organize and go back to school. I personally plan on going through my drawers, which is a little bit intimidating because I've been hoarding pens to some extent because I really want to have a clean slate for this new season. All right, now we're going to take a little bit of a U-turn and have a fun discussion of some favorite school supplies from the past. Now, one of my good friends had the idea of doing an entire episode on vintage school and stationery supplies, and I think that could be fun, but I wasn't able to come up with really enough you know, loved school supplies, beloved school supplies, I'll say, to fill an entire episode. However, it was so much fun scouring the internet to look for school supplies from the 80s and 90s. And I'm sure some of my younger listeners probably have some odd school supplies that are really, really fun as well. So I would absolutely love it if you guys share in the comments um, on my show notes some of your favorite school supplies that you remember from the past, because this is the kind of thing where the more things that you think about the more fun it is to look them up and go down the rabbit hole, see if they're still available in their old vintage forms or new forms, because it really does help us realize this is, I don't know, at least for me. And I think for many of my friends, this is something we get really nostalgic about because those things we bought at the beginning of each year, we were using them all year. They're like kind of relics from our childhood. And that also means that what we're buying for our kids, hopefully they'll remember them as well. Okay, so without further ado, I guess I'll give some background. I am an 80s, 90s child. I was born in 1980, and so my elementary school years were primarily in the 80s, and then middle school was more in the 90s. So that's the time frame where my like school supplies for my heart come from. But again, I'm sure I have some older listeners and some younger listeners, and I'd love to hear about those from your era. Now, the first one that sprang into my mind was the Trapper Keeper. Raise your hand if you're listening and you had a Trapper Keeper. Yep, I saw lots of hands. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But yes, I had a Trapper Keeper. I believe I got it in second grade, which would have been like 87 or so. And I used it for at least a couple of years during elementary school. I also remember that some teachers really prefer that we didn't use Trapper Keepers. So the school supply list would say like five binders, no Trapper Keepers, because they were bulky. The rings sometimes would break, but they were definitely stylish. They had a look all of their own. The one that I had had tropical fish on it. And I had a couple of the folders that came with it. And I think probably like a zippered pencil case that went in there, if I remember correctly. And guess what, you guys, you can still buy a Trapper Keeper. Like you could buy one right now. Now they're not the original ones. You can find some of the original ones on eBay. They can be quite expensive. There was one beautiful one with a higher balloon on it that was retailing for like $250. And this thing did not even look like it was in good condition. But Mead, the company that makes Trapper Keepers, decided to come out with a vintage line where they, I guess they went back to their old design and they released several of them and you can buy them for like $20 on Amazon, which is amazing. You can recreate your Trapper Keeper experience and it even comes with folders. So I kind of want to get one like I'm not going to because I really don't need it and I don't want to clutter but oh my goodness my heart like when I think about trapper keepers and the the amazing 80s designs that they brought back to put on these new generation trapper keepers so if you have a trapper keeper you're going to take a picture of it and you're going to send it to me on Instagram like if you have one at home from the past the second item I feel like when I say it everyone's like what but maybe there'll be someone who's listening to this that resonates with this Grip sticks, pencils. This seemed to be a late 80s, early 90s thing. And they were made by a company called Pentec, which I don't think exists anymore. They had these little like depressions in them so that theoretically to help you grip them better. And you can buy a lot of sealed packages from the 80s or 90s today for like a fairly reasonable amount. I was tempted to do it. but Then I remembered that I actually found those pencils very uncomfortable to use back in the day. So while it would be really fun to look at the package and say, oh, oh my God, gripsticks!" I don't think I'd actually have any use for them. However, I just wanted to mention them to see if anybody else had that memory. The third one is Yikes pencils. Now I forgot about these until my internet rabbit hole where I was looking for gripsticks, reminded me that there were these pencils in the, I'd say like 1990 that had colored wood. So like when you sharpen them, it would be like yellow wood and then the paint would be like a different color. It was so eighties, early nineties looking like neon. And like, I hadn't thought of them in years, but when I saw them, they just like pinged this little part of my brain. So I remember having them and using them. The next one's a little bit generic, but the thing that I wanted most as like a third and fourth grader were these tiny erasers often scented that came in clear plastic cases. I think. A lot of them came from Korea, and I went to school with a lot of people who were of Korean descent. And they shopped at some really cool stores with Korean imports. They had the best school supplies. I mean, I don't want to generalize, but like when I think of who it was that I went to school with, that those people really did. And I always wanted these little erasers, but apparently my parents didn't want to shell out for tiny scented erasers in a clear plastic case. Or who knows, maybe they were much more expensive then than they were now. But fond, fond memories of those as well. The next one is what people always mention when you're talking about vintage stationery, but I don't have like clear memories. So Lisa Frank, duh, right? Unicorns, rainbows. And she's also come out with like, she, I don't know if it's actually her. Someone has come out with like some lines that look just like the ones that came out in the eighties and nineties. And they are just extremely colorful. They are a whole eighties looking aesthetic. I don't think I had them, which is probably why I don't have the same kind of memories about them than I do about like my beloved Trapper Keeper, but they definitely have a huge following and they still exist today for that reason. The next one I was kind of excited to find out it's still around and I think I might have to buy them. They're the Mr. Sketch scented markers. I am pretty sure that if I could smell the orange one, which I believe smelled like oranges, I would immediately think I was six again and like coloring in first grade because I definitely used the original Mr. Sketch And according to current Amazon reviews, they still smell like they used to, which is amazing. So that is another one that definitely some of us who grew up in a very specific generation are going to want to grab hold of. The pens that were used in my house growing up were uh, typically Bic. I think my dad got them from work. Actually, I lie. He had a lot of paper mate pens as well. I think that's the ones he had from work. But I also feel like the pen I saw all the time, which does still exist, is the Bic Crystal. We had, I think, Jen Hatmaker on the other podcast that I was on, and she said that that's all she uses today. So Crystal still has its own fans. To me, it looks very, very vintage and kind of old school, but I guess they do currently still exist. And then finally, for those of you that grew up a little younger, my like Xenials, well, not Xenials, but more like mid-millennials. I'm like either a geriatric millennial or like a young Gen X. But anyway, for those who were really cool in like the aughts, I did really want a Palm Pilot 3 when I was in college. My best friend had one. I used to like walk over to her room just to like look at it because it just looked like the answer to everything. And I never bought one. And now when I Google it, I just think it's still really cool looking and minimal in its own way. And then finally, if you had a certain brand of pencil that you liked, I'm just here to tell you all that you could probably find it. There's a website called brandnamepencils.com that sell a lot of vintage pencils. So I guess it's where like lots of pencils that aren't sold anymore go to die. And I have fond memories specifically for the Empire pencils. I grew up in outside of Philadelphia and I don't know if that pencils are a regional thing or not, but the Empire has always sharpened much, much better and stayed sharper. They kind of had almost like a little bit of a waxy feel to them. And I felt like I wrote with more control. Anyway, those are my favorite pencils in elementary school. I used to use them for standardized tests all the time. And I could still buy myself some Empire pencils. I almost never use pencils, so I'm not planning on doing that. But it is kind of comforting to know that these really old <laughs> stationery items are still around sitting in warehouses somewhere. So that's it, that is my roundup of vintage school supplies as well as a lot of the things I'm thinking about as we head into this fun new back to school season. I would love to hear all about how you are thinking about your new routines in this season And I will give a little bit of a spoiler. The next episode is an all Q&A episode. So it may or may not be too late. I don't know. I may record this on Tuesday, which means if you're hearing this, it might not be recorded yet. And so you can still send me your Q&As. And I'm going to throw in a couple of planner matchmaking scenarios as well. You guys have been sending me several of those and they're really, really fun to think about, although challenging. So go ahead and make sure you submit your questions. You can do that on my blog, by just leaving a comment on the show notes post. You can send me an email if that feels more personal to you. You can use the address shoeboxblog at gmail.com, S-H-U-B-O-X-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. Or you can send me a direct message on Instagram under shoebox underscore plans or the underscore shoebox. So we will be answering lots and lots of questions next week. So stay tuned to For that, in the meantime, I hope you all enjoy getting ready for back-to-school season, whether you're going back yourself, have kids going back, or you're just living vicariously through everyone else. Have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM.